Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. you. And God, we thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. Lord, thank you for the revivals that are sparking all over the nation. Lord, thank you for the crusades that are happening around the world. Lord, come back, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would send a great awakening once again to this land in Jesus' name. And I want you to just say say this out loud. Say, Lord, Use me to be a great awakening everywhere I go. In Jesus' name. And if you believe it, shout amen. Come on, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be here this morning? Amen, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, get ready for a great move of God. Hallelujah. You can be seated. My goodness, y'all are happy this morning. Y'all are excited. Praise God, I'm excited too. It's going to be a great day, and uh, it's really just a, such an honor to be here. Pastor Larry, Pastor Tiz, thank you so much for, for having us. It really is an honor to be here. I, I so greatly honor and respect all the work that you're doing with Israel and the, Jew, the, the Jews around the world and just your, your heart for evangelism and a move of God. And we honor you. We really do. Can we give them a big God bless you? Praise God. We love you already. Praise the Lord. And uh, it's so good to be here. I have my beautiful wife, Amanda, with me. Sweetie, would you stand? Give her a big God bless you. Isn't she gorgeous? She's not my daughter, she's my wife, praise the Lord. I can't tell you how many times, Pastor, people have thought she's my daughter. Praise God. I'm getting older and she's staying the same, praise the Lord. Amen, amen. Praise God. And then it's great to have Gabe and Bea here, Gabe and Bea Castaño. Give them a big God bless you here on the front row. Gabe serves as one of my board of directors and he is the... Uh, academic dean at Christ for the Nations Institute, and so uh, doing a great job down there, training up the next generation of revivalists and uh, men and women of God, so praise God. And then, by the way, I am a graduate of Christ for the Nations Institute, and the very first person I ever met when I walked onto campus at Christ for the Nations was Wonderson Franco, praise God. And so, where is Pastor Wonderson? I don't know if he's in here. He's, he's in the back, being humble as usual. Praise God. But, uh, man, we, we became such dear friends with him and Pobly. And, man, they're just wonderful, wonderful people. And so, amen. Amen. Give them a big God bless you as well this morning. Amen. What you just saw in that video was different 
footage from our crusades in the nation of Pakistan. You also saw some footage from some of our USA crusades that we've done in Orlando. But how many of you believe that God is about to, Jesus is about to return? Amen. And I really believe that we are on the cusp of the, one of the greatest awakenings this world has ever seen. That before Jesus comes back, God is going to pour out his spirit like never before. Hallelujah. And I believe we're already entering into that time right now in Jesus' name. We are living in the greatest days of history, the greatest days of harvest this world has ever seen. You know, everywhere I go, I, 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 a lot of times I hear people talk about, man, how, how great would it have been to live when Jesus was on the earth? And how great would it have been to be a part of that early church in the book of Acts and the, the miracles that were happening and, and the move of God and the, the planting of the early church? And, and it would have been so wonderful to be a part of that time. And, and, and I actually disagree. I believe when we get to heaven, Peter and Paul and John and all of them are going to say, what was it like to be there when the harvest fields were ripe, when millions and millions were coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are living in the greatest days of harvest. And so I'm just excited to be alive. You know, I'm excited for what God is doing. And I believe that I, I told everyone that came to the evangelism training yesterday, I said, listen, I believe that the next move of God is not going to be about one pastor or one evangelist. It's not going to be about the next Reinhard Bonnke. I love Reinhard Bonnke. He was an amazing hero in my life. But it's not going to be about the next evangelist. It's going to be about the body of Christ getting filled up with the power power of the Holy Spirit and taking him out to the streets where he belongs in Jesus' name. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, saving the lost in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God wants to fill you up and use you to bring a great awakening everywhere you go in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. Well, I'm just excited to be here, and really, it's just an honor. Make sure uh, on your way out, we do have a product table uh, there on the right side as you, as you exit. Uh, make sure you visit our product table. We've got a bunch of stuff back there for sale, and uh, all the proceeds just help us to continue to spread the gospel around the world. On average, in one of our crusades in Pakistan over the last seven years, it costs us about a dollar to see one person get saved in Pakistan. And so literally every dollar you spend at the product table will help us to see souls saved in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, you know, when COVID happened, everyone wanted to talk about what's essential. You remember? Walmart was deemed essential and Kroger was deemed essential and even Home Depot was deemed essential. Some governors said that the church wasn't essential, it wasn't essential, but I live in the state of Florida. I'm glad we have a governor in the state of Florida who said the church is essential. Praise God. But we decided we were going to make a shirt of what's most essential. Jesus is essential. Amen. Hey, if you want to go to heaven, Jesus is essential. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to get that back there. Uh, we have those for sale. Who would like a shirt this morning? Wow, a lot of hands. You can buy them at the product table. They're $25 a piece. 
I saw a lot of hands. You know that works every time I do it. It works every time. Who would like one for free this morning? I saw that hand right there. Ma'am in the, in the jacket. Yep, stand up. I don't know if it'll reach. Praise God. Give her a big God bless you this morning. And then my wife just wrote her very first book. It's called Unto Christ I Cling. And it's all about growing in your walk with Jesus. And uh, I want to tell you, this is power-packed, and uh, I, I, really, I really enjoy it because every single page is just full of incredible truth and in how to grow in your walk with Jesus. And so if you want to walk uh, closer to the Lord, I want to encourage you to get back there and pick it up. And praise the Lord, I love books that aren't real thick either, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So praise God. Make sure you stop by the product table and get that. Who would like a book this morning as well? Ma'am, right there in the front row. Give her a big God bless you as she comes here. Hallelujah. God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's right. Blessed to be a blessing. Well, praise the Lord. This morning, you know, God really laid it on my heart with this whole evangelism weekend, doing the, the you know, impartation on Friday night and then training uh, yesterday and the outreach yesterday, which was just phenomenal, by the way. I want to tell you, we saw 19 people get saved yesterday from your congregation going out to the streets leading people to Jesus. There were several people that led people to the Lord yesterday who have never done this before, ever. There was one couple, I think they led three people to Jesus. They'd never done this before, and they led three to the Lord yesterday. Come on, isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. And uh, it was absolutely amazing, and I felt very strongly this morning to preach the ABCs of the gospel. Evangelist Bonke used to say, I can preach the XYZs, but this morning I'm going to preach the ABCs. <laughs> and so this morning I'm going to preach the ABCs of the gospel this morning. I'm going to share my personal testimony, how Jesus radically saved my life. And uh, I've got a testimony kind of similar to your pastor's, but I just found out it's not, it's not quite as wild as your pastor's. But... <laughs> I thought it was pretty wild until I heard your pastor's testimony. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 23. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 23. I'm going to preach this message, and then I'm going to make a call for people to respond at the end of this message, and then I'm going to pray over all of you, and I believe God is going to send you out with the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. And if you say, Chris, I'm already a Christian, I've heard the gospel, my friends, whenever I would get underneath Ryan, I would travel with Evangelist Bonke to Africa and different places around the world. And when he would preach the gospel, it was like, you know, I'd heard it, I'd heard him preach it so many times, but every time I heard him preach the gospel, my spirit just became alive. Uh, it just became awakened. The reality of the gospel just began to burn greater and greater. And I pray that today, when you leave this place, your heart would burn for souls like never before. 
for and that you'd just have revival at Walmart and at Kroger, hallelujah. I pray that you'd have revival in Kroger, that someone would get up out of a wheelchair in Jesus' name, that, that they'd have to be calling aisle five. We've got a revival in aisle five, praise the Lord. Clean up on aisle five. They're all laid out on the floor, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Come on, I believe it. You know, by, by the way, when I got saved, I got saved in 2006. Two, uh, 2009, January 2009, we started school at CFNI. I had no clue what God was going to do with my life. I never thought I'd be a preacher. I never thought I'd be an evangelist. I just thought, I'm hungry for Jesus. God just radically saved me. I'm going to go to Bible school, and I'm going to seek Jesus for three years and just see what God will do with my life. I signed up for the evangelism team that first semester of Bible school simply to learn how to tell people about Jesus because I felt very inadequate sharing my faith. And so when I signed up for the evangelism team, we started going out, and immediately we started seeing people get saved. And I want to tell you that this thing, the power of the Holy Spirit, the reality of the gospel of Jesus, it's not just for church on Sunday morning between 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock, that the power of the Holy Spirit, it works out there in the streets. It'll work at Walmart. It'll work on the street corner. We started seeing people get healed and saved, we had to cast demons out of people that were manifesting at the train station, hallelujah, in broad daylight. The power of God works, and God works with workers, hallelujah. You know, many have said it in the past that the book of Acts was written because the disciples acted, it's the Acts of the Apostles. Why do they call it the Acts of the Apostles? Because they acted. They didn't just take the Holy Spirit and keep them to, him, to themselves. No, they went out and they used the power of the Holy Spirit to turn this world upside down. And I want to say to you this morning that I believe God is going to raise this church up to be the witness of Jesus in Dallas, Texas, and that you're going to see a mighty move of God happen in Jesus' name. Amen. God wants to use you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Acts, uh, sorry, Luke 23. I'm going to start reading just briefly here in verse number 39 through 43. This is the crucifixion of Jesus. And he is at this point hanging on the cross. And the Bible says here in Luke 23. 339 then one of the criminals who were hanged with uh, who sorry one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed Jesus saying if you are the Christ save yourself and us but the other answered answering rebuked him saying do you not fear God seeing that you are under the same condemnation and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then uh, he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered and said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. 
Lord, I pray that this morning your word would go forth like an arrow piercing the heart of each and every one of us. Lord, that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, if there's anyone here that has been wayward in their walk with God, Lord, I pray that today the word of God would go forth clearly and with power, and Lord, that you'd touch each and every one of us. Lord, that you'd, that you'd touch us and you'd use us for your kingdom and glory, and I pray that not one would leave here today unchanged in Jesus' name, and if you believe it say amen. amen so here Jesus is he's been crucified he's hanging there on the cross and the Bible tells us that that the that there were three crosses there that day on Calvary Jesus's cross was in the middle and there were two thieves who were also being crucified on either side of our Lord and as this crucifixion was happening, while they were there hanging on the cross, there was a discussion. And one of the thieves blasphemes Jesus and says, Jesus, if you are the Messiah, why don't you just levitate yourself, I'm paraphrasing, levitate yourself off of this cross, get down off of this cross, save yourself and save the rest of us. And then the other thief rebukes him, and it says, how is it that you can say that? You, re, you, de, you deserve the very judgment that you're receiving. This man has done absolutely nothing wrong. And so I want to talk about this this morning because uh, the Bible tells us that we have all are like that other man, that we've all done something wrong. The Bible tells us that the wage that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. You see here, the, these, these criminals were being crucified because they had committed the crime that caused them to be crucified. They were being justly judged according to the law of that time. But Jesus had done nothing wrong. Look at this with me. Here in verse number 39, it says, if you are the Christ, save yourself. Have you ever thought about it, why Jesus didn't save himself there that day? I mean, I thought about this one time uh, years ago. When Jesus was there hanging on the cross, why didn't he just levitate himself up off of the cross and spin around in circles in the air and just declare, look at me, I'm Jesus, I'm the Messiah? I mean, he could have done that, of course. Why didn't he do that? Why did he stay on the cross? Why did he have to do that? Because, my friends, if he would have aborted the cross, he would have aborted the very reason he came. He came to die for the sin of the world. He came to die for your sin and my sin and everybody's sin. And if he would have done that, he would have aborted the very mission in which he came for. To die for the sin of the world. My friends, he had to die. The Bible says we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And that the penalty for our sin is death. It's eternal separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus had to die. He had to take your sin and your punishment. You see, my friends, we all should be like those thieves on that cross. Our sin should cause each and every one of us to be separated from God forever. 
You know, I describe it like this. A lot of people think that, man, God must be a big, bad God, that he's up there in heaven and he's so mad at all of us for sinning. Actually, it's not that way at all. God hates sin, yes, of course. But the reality is that God's nature is of a holy nature. And our nature is not of a holy nature until we get born again. Until we get born again, we are of a sinful, fallen nature. Imagine if I took a bottle of water and I emptied out half of it. And I filled the other half of the bottle with oil. They're of two different natures. They're of two different consistencies. If I was to take that bottle of water and shake it as much as I could and set it down, the two different entities would separate. The water and the oil would always separate. Why? Because they're of two different natures. That's how it is with us. We're of a sinful nature. He is absolutely holy, and we can't come in and have perfect union with him because of our sin. That's why God said, I love you too much to keep you in that fallen sinful state. I'm going to send my son and he's going to live a holy life. He's going to live a perfect life and he's going to take your sin upon himself. And the Bible says that he became sin so that you and I could become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. That's good news. God wants to set you free. He wants to make you a new creation in Christ. In 2006, my life was a mess. I grew up on a dairy farm in central Minnesota, a great family that loved Jesus. My mom had gotten saved at a revival meeting back in the 70s, and she got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and she became, she became a secret Pentecostal in my family. Hallelujah. My family was Lutheran. I grew up in a little Lutheran church with stained glass windows on the corner of two gravel roads, seven miles from the nearest gas station, and it was surrounded by cornfields. Hallelujah. Out in the country, I, I didn't grow up in Pentecost, and uh, but my mom, she loved the Lord, and so every day in the house, we would have the 700 Club on every single day. Pat Robertson, and they'd have Jimmy Swaggered on, and you know, and all of these things. But my dad, he didn't want to go to a different church at that time. He wanted to stay in the Lutheran church. So I grew up in kind of this, this weird environment where, on one hand, when I would go to church on Sunday, it was very dry and stale Christianity. But then I would hear my mom talk about Jesus and, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit and, you know, and, and these type of things. So I grew up knowing all about Jesus. But when I turned 18 and my senior in high school, I started, by that point, I was dabbling very much in the world, the things of the world. I started drinking my senior year of high school. And how many of you know that sin never satisfies? You get into sin a little bit and it's just not enough. You want some more. And so what started out as being kind of a casual drinker, which I really don't think exists, I started out as a casual drinker. All of a sudden, the next thing I know, I wanted to drink more and more and more. I went off to, to college, and my first year of college, I just went fully into that lifestyle, drinking constantly, always drunk, 
multiple nights a week, completely wasted. Then I started using drugs. And after one year of college, I decided that I needed to get my life together. So I was going to try to fix my life. I was going to try to fix me up a little bit. I decided I needed a career path change. So I decided to become a police officer. I enrolled in one of the top police academies in the country in central Minnesota. I got accepted, and there I was in the police academy. But how many of you know that when you try to fix yourself, it oftentimes it doesn't work? And so I joined the police academy, but I was continuing to use drugs and get drunk all the time. And uh, one of my friends one day says to me, he says, Chris, we can't find any drugs anywhere. Maybe you can find some in the school, because the school, the police academy was in a technical college. And so I said, sure. Next thing you know, um, I, I, I meet somebody. He gives me some drugs, and, uh, and, and I started selling them to my friends because I couldn't afford the drugs. So I, I thought, hey, if I, if I get some, you know, a, a lot, I can sell them to my friends and make some money, and I could get high for free. And so I became a drug dealer while I was a police, going to school to become a police officer. Probably not the two best career paths, by the way. <laughs> My life started spiraling out of control. After one year of police academy and drug dealing, I decided these two career paths aren't making any sense, so I probably need to just choose one and not the other. So I dropped out of school to become a full-time drug dealer. My life began to just spiral out of control, and I was actually still working full-time. I had gotten a job as a land surveyor, moved from central Minnesota down to the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and continued this lifestyle. My, my life was spiraling out of control. I met my beautiful wife, Amanda. We used to ride these crotch rockets, you know, the, the motorcycles that go 1,000 miles an hour. I met my beautiful wife, Amanda. We started dating. She's not from a Christian family. We started dating, partying together, doing all of that. And then one day, several months into our relationship, her sister had gotten radically saved and started inviting Amanda to go to church with her. So one day, Amanda said, Chris, would you go to church with me? I said, yeah, sure. And she thought, you would go to church? Of course, I never told her about my upbringing. When you're in the world, you have to have that, you know, that worldly strong mentality. You don't talk about God, you know. And so uh, I never told her about my upbringing. I said, yeah, let's go to church. We went to this big mega church in Minneapolis called Living Word Christian Center, Pastor Mac Hammond. And we got there, and there was a wonderful service. It was a massive church, thousands of people there. Pastor preached a wonderful message, and he made a call for salvation. When he made the call for salvation, I didn't respond because I didn't think I was that bad of a guy. I thought, well, I hadn't killed anybody, at least not that I know of. So I didn't respond to the altar call. But the pastor said something that changed my life forever. He said, on Wednesday, we're having a special service. Come to church on Wednesday. That's all I heard. What he actually said was, on Wednesday, we're having a special service for parents whose teenage children are dealing with drugs and alcohol. Come back to church on Wednesday. That's all I heard. I don't know, maybe there, there must have been an angel covering my ears and 
just at the right time, he opened his hands, and all I heard was, come back to church on Wednesday. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. I'll show up to church on Wednesday. <laughs> Haven't been to church in two years. So we, we, we show up on Wednesday night. To our horror, we were at the wrong service. <laughs> but God had a plan. And it was the right service, actually. We sat in that big mega church and we decided, hey, we're not going to leave because we've driven all the way to get here. We don't want to be rude. So the parents were all sitting up in the front and we were sitting in the very back of the church. And while the pastor was ministering to the parents on the front of the church, talking to them about all of these sin issues that, that teenagers were going through at the time, the Holy Spirit was ministering to us in the back of the church. Hallelujah. I was feeling very convicted of my sin. I knew God had a better plan for my life, and I wasn't on that plan. Amanda was sitting next to me. She was crying because she'd never felt the presence of God before. She'd never heard anything like this before, and God was beginning to touch her, and she was trying to cover her face because she didn't want me to see that she was crying. There was no altar call for salvation, so we all went out into the parking lot, and when we got out into the parking lot, she opened up to me and she said, she said, listen, I, I need to follow Jesus. You may not want to be with me after this, but I'm going to start following Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, I said, honey, I'm all in with you. I need Jesus too. And we started serving the Lord. For a couple of months, I like to say I was a halfway Christian, if you could be one. I was halfway in the world and halfway in the church. I decided that now that I'm a Christian, I probably shouldn't do as many drugs as I used to do. Because I'm a Christian now. I thought I probably shouldn't get as drunk as I used to get because I'm a Christian now. So I only got a little bit drunk. And I only got a little bit high. And for two months, two or three months, my soul was being pulled in two different directions. On one hand, I wanted Jesus, and I wanted God, and I wanted a life with the Lord. But on the other hand, I was still dabbling in the things of the world, and I felt like I was being pulled in two different directions. And I have good news for you. After about two months, there was came a moment where I said, enough is enough. God, I'm done living for me. I'm all in for Jesus. No more drugs. No more alcohol alcohol, no more sex outside of marriage. Jesus, I'm all in for you. And it was in that moment that God changed my life. I went home and I told Amanda, she said, okay, I'm in this with you. Let's do it. And we started serving Jesus. That was six, uh, 16 years ago that God radically changed our lives and I've never been the same ever since. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, my friends, that God, he, he desires us to be all in for him. My friends, if you're living halfway, if you're living any, any way but fully in, all in for Jesus, my friends, today, surrender to the Lord. Stop living that way. God's got an amazing plan for you. He wants to use you, but he can't use you if you're still halfway in the world. My friends, today, give it all to Jesus. Come to the Lord. Let him take your life and let him make it brand new. Hallelujah. He wants to make you new. You say, Chris, I can't do it. Of course you can. That's why Jesus came. He can. He lived the sinless life to set you free 
and to give you a new life. The Bible says if anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. I gave my life to Jesus that day, and he set me free, and he'll do the same for you this morning. If you'll turn to Jesus, he'll save you, and he'll set you free. Hallelujah. Verse 41, we see here that the other thief, the one that was not as bad of a thief, I guess, if you will, he says, Jesus has done nothing wrong. He had a revelation there on the cross while he was hanging there and the reality of Jesus, that Jesus had done absolutely nothing wrong. The Bible tells us that Jesus did nothing wrong. We see it in John 1.29 that John the Baptist declares, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then we see it in 1 Peter 1.18 and 19 that Peter declares that Jesus was the Lamb who came, the spotless Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. My friends, Jesus had done nothing wrong. He didn't deserve to be on that cross, but he willfully put himself on that cross to save you from your sin today. And if you'll turn to Jesus, he'll save you this morning. He'll set you free and he'll give you a new life in Christ and this beautiful moment, right there on the cross, where that other, the other thief, the second thief says to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He didn't have time to get his sin together. He didn't have time to, you know, become some saint but what he did know is he knew that Jesus was the Messiah. He knew that Jesus was about to come into the kingdom of heaven. And he knew that if he had any hope at all of being saved, it was by that man, Jesus. I want to tell you, my friends, there is no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. You can't earn it. You can't do it. If you could do it, Jesus never would have come in the first place. If you could be good enough, you say, Chris, I'm a relatively good person. My friends, the Bible tells us that none of us are good. Not one. Our righteous deeds are like filthy rags before God. That's why Jesus was good enough. He was good enough for you. My friends, you have one of the best pastors in the entire world. You really do. But as good as your pastor is, he can't save you. As good of an evangelist as Reinhard Bonnke was, he couldn't save you. Going to church cannot save you. As wonderful of a church as you have, the church can't save you because the church didn't die for you. There's only one person who's ever lived who died for the sin of the world, and his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. No matter what background you come from, there's only one who died for the sin of the world, and his name is Jesus. My friends... He died because he loved you. The Bible says that God shall love the world 
that he gave his only begotten son. He so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. My friends, that's the love of God for you. If I could have the band come back. You see, my friends, there's an incredible story. Well, before I even get to that, it's, it's powerful here in, in verse 42 when the thief says, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. That could also be translated, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. You see, that's the key to getting saved, my friends. It's crying out to Jesus, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. There's an old preacher who got up one day to preach the gospel. The story goes that he got up to preach one day, very old man. And he got up and he began to share a story. And all he did was share this story on this particular day. And this is the story that he shared. He said, there once was, there once was a, a father who loved to go sailing. And this father and his son, that was their favorite thing that they did together. They loved going sailing. They loved getting out in the sailboat and going out and sailing the beautiful blue seas of the Atlantic. One particular day, the, the son said to his dad, he said, Dad, can we take my friend Johnny with us out in the sailboat this weekend? He's never gone sailing before, and I just want him to experience what it's like to be sailing on the ocean. His dad said, of course, we'll, we'll, I'll call Johnny's parents and we'll set it up. And so they made the arrangements. The day came where they all went to the ocean they got in the sailboat, the father, his son, and little Johnny. And they got in the sailboat and they started sailing the beautiful blue seas. Hour after hour went by and they, they had dolphins swimming next to them and, and they just had this most incredible time there that day. And all of a sudden, after many hours of being out in the ocean, they found themselves very far away from land. They couldn't even see the land anymore. And all of a sudden, a terrible storm arose on the sea that day. The father tried to get the boat back to shore as fast as he could, but he couldn't outrun the storm. The swells became massive. And all of a sudden, there was a massive wave that capsized the sailboat. And the father, his son, and little Johnny all flew into the ocean. The father was able to swim back to the capsized boat, and he was able to save himself. He got up on the boat, and he went, and he grabbed a, a life a preserver. And he only had one preserver, but he, did, he was about to throw the life preserver and all of a sudden several thoughts went through his mind like that the first thought was who do I throw the life preserver to my son who's over here or little Johnny who's over here and then the next thought came 
If I throw it to my son and I save my son, my son is a committed Christian. He loves Jesus. And if I save my son, yes, I'll, he'll be saved. But little Johnny's not from a Christian family. Little Johnny's never gotten born again. And I can't bear with the thought of him dying and going to hell. So in that moment, the father made the most incredible decision. He grabbed that life raft and he yelled at his son. He said, son, I love you. And he threw the raft to Johnny. He pulled Johnny into the boat. When Johnny got into the boat, he grabbed the raft to throw it to his son. But his son was gone never to be seen again. He drowned that day in the ocean. The father and little Johnny survived, but the son died that day. The preacher got done sharing the story and he just sat down. The service ended. A couple of teenage boys came up to the pastor after service and said, Pastor, that was a very moving story, but doesn't seem very realistic. What son, what father would save a kid that's not even his, a son that's not even his? That doesn't seem very realistic. The old preacher said, no, that doesn't seem very realistic. But it sure does remind me of what God did for each and every one of us. That he sacrificed his son to save you and me boy said, yeah, that's sure, that's true, pastor, but it still doesn't seem very realistic that that would actually happen. And the pastor said, no, maybe it doesn't seem realistic to you, but it seems very real to me. You see, my name is Pastor John. I was the boy that got saved there that day. I was the one that the father saved. He became a pastor. I want to tell you this morning, yeah, praise God. The father sacrificed his son. He could have saved him on that cross that day. He could have brought him up off of that cross, just like the first thief thought. But he didn't. And why didn't he? Because of his love for you. Because he wanted to save you. Because he knew that it wouldn't be a coincidence that you would be here this morning and you'd be hearing me preach this message in the midst of your sin, in the midst of your, your whatever it is that you're going through. He knew you'd be here. He knew that you would have this opportunity. And today, I am throwing you the lifeline. Today, I'm throwing you the life preserver. His name is Jesus. And if you'll just cry out to Jesus today, if you'll just say it like that thief said, Lord, Lord, save me. He'll save you today. And he'll set you free. He'll give you a new life. My friends, if there's anyone here and you haven't fully given your life to Christ, I want to tell you today, come to Jesus. Surrender it all. Why would you go through life living partly for God? Just go all in for Jesus. He has a plan for you and he wants to use you. There in my car that day when I made that final decision, 
to follow Jesus, I said, God, I'm done. I'm tired of living for me. It's gotten me nowhere. I'm all in for you. I believe there's people here this morning, maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Just a moment, if that's you and you say, Chris, I want to, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make sure that my sins are forgiven. I want to make sure that I'm right with God this morning. In a little bit, I'm going to make a call. I'm going to count to three in a little bit. And when I do, if that's you, and you say, Chris, that's me, I just want to make sure I'm right with God, that I'm saved this morning, that I'm forgiven. When I count to three, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand. As a matter of fact, why don't we all bow our heads and close our eyes? Father, I thank you for each and every person here this morning. Lord, I thank you that you love them with an eternal love, that you sent your only son, Jesus, to die for them, to save them and set them free. Lord, I pray that there would be no one here today that isn't right with you that would leave this place the same way they came in. But Lord, I pray that everyone here who needs to get right with you, God, would say, that's me. That's me, Pastor Chris. That's me. I need to get right with God. And that they would get things right with you this morning. They'd get saved, delivered, and set free. With every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you and you've never given your life to Christ, in just a moment, I want to ask you to raise your hand so that I can pray for you when I count to three. But I believe there's another group of people here. Just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. There's another group here that you've prayed that prayer a long time ago. You... You, you would even confess that you're a Christian. But you're like me. You're halfway. You're, you're dabbling still in the things of the world. You, 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 there's things that you need to cut off from your life. And it's not a coincidence today that I share this story. But God today, who wants to set you free from all of that, he wants you to go all in for Jesus this morning. And if that's you and you say, Chris, that's me, I, I know Jesus, I, I call myself a Christian, and you know, I've prayed that prayer before, but, but I, there's still things that I'm, I'm dealing with, there's still things that I'm dabbling in the world in, but today, I'm going to cut that off, and I'm going to go all in for Jesus. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you also to lift your hand to heaven. Maybe there's a third group of people here, maybe there's somebody here that says, Chris, I just don't know. If I die today, I'm just not sure if I go to heaven. But I want to. I want to go to heaven. I want to follow the Lord. If that's you, my friend, when I count to three, I want you also to raise your hand so that I can pray for you to make sure that today you're right with God and you're going to go to heaven. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you fall into any one of those three categories, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand to heaven. One, two, three. Lift your hand to heaven. Hallelujah. There's hands going up all over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All over in the back and the front from side to side. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anyone else, just if that's you, you're saying, curse, I know God is dealing with me. I feel it in my heart right now. I feel it, but I haven't lifted my hand. Do it now in Jesus' name. Just say, that's me. That's me. Hallelujah. Listen, in just a moment, I'm going to ask everyone to stand, but I don't want any moving around or talking. This is a very holy moment. So please, Without any moving around or talking, please stand all across the room. Just stand, everybody. If that was you this morning, 
You said, Chris, that's me. I, I, I raised my hand. I, I need to get right with God. In just a moment, when I count to three, I want you to come down here to the front so that I can pray for you. If you lifted your hand to heaven or you knew you should have, I want you to come down here. One, two, three. Just come on. Get out of your seat. Tell that person next to you, hey, I need to go down there. Come on. Can we give them a big God bless you as they come this morning? Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, if you raised your hand or you knew you should have, just tell that person next to you, hey, I need to go down there. I need to go down and get prayed for. Hallelujah. Yeah, come on, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. We've got plenty of time. Keep coming. Hallelujah. Take a, a one big step forward, those of you that are in the front. Just take one big step forward so we have room. Hallelujah. Now listen, I have a sneaking suspicion probably because I saw your hand raised and you're not down here yet. Sometimes it's just hard to make that step. So I'm going to turn all of you into evangelists when I tell you, not now, but when I tell you, I want you to turn to the person on your left and right. I don't care if it's your aunt, your uncle, your mom, your dad, a pastor in the church. I want you to turn to your neighbor on your left and right and say, hey, do you need to be down there? And if they do, I want you to grab them by the hand and bring them down here, amen? Go ahead, turn to your neighbor on your left and right. Hey, do you need to be down there? Hallelujah. Come on, bring them down in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give it up for those that are coming forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, every, everybody down here, just look at me for a moment. My friends, this is the greatest decision you've ever made in your entire life. The Bible says that when you come to Christ, you become a new creation. You get born again. That old lifestyle gets buried, and you are a new creation in Christ today in the name of Jesus. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That's a promise from God. God promises if you'll confess that you believe in Jesus, if, if you'll confess that you believe Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead, you will be saved. The Bible goes on to say that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I'm going to lead you in a call the, unto the Lord this morning. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of confession. There's nothing magical about the prayer that I'm going to pray. Actually, I'm going to make it up as I go because that's just a conversation with God. Amen. You just, we're just having a conversation. The power isn't in the prayer. The power is in you praying it and believing it with all of your heart this morning. Amen. So I want you to pray this prayer with me, but I don't want you to pray it like this. Father in heaven. Listen. This, there is a spiritual battle happening for your soul. 
And when you declare this this morning, you're declaring it to the very atmosphere in the spirit realm that today I'm done with the devil. Today I'm coming over to the winning team. I'm coming over to the winning side. Devil, I'm done with you. You get your hands off of me. I've given my life to Jesus this morning. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. So I want you to pray this with all of your might this morning. Close your eyes, lift your hands to heaven like you're going to receive a gift. I want everybody here to stretch your hands toward those that have come forward. And I want everyone here to pray this prayer in support of those that have come forward. Come on, pray this out loud with all your might. Say this, say, Father, today I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin. I turn to you, Jesus. Save me now. Forgive me of all my sin. Make me a child of God. I believe Jesus died for my sin. And I believe he rose from the dead. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. And from this day forward, I promise to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, everyone, stay here. Don't go anywhere. Listen, my friends, just one moment, Pastor, one, one moment. Let me just say a couple of things. My friends, according to the word of God, you're saved, you're forgiven, and you're set free if you prayed that with all of your heart. Hallelujah. The Bible says that if one person comes under repentance, that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes under repentance. I've got good news for you. There is a party happening in heaven right now. It's better than any Super Bowl, hallelujah. They are partying in heaven. God is happy with you. He's happy that you've made this decision. Now it's important you do a couple of things. Number one, you've gotta start reading the Bible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so when you hear the Word, when you read the Word, your faith is strengthened. I want to encourage you, get a Bible. If you don't have one, come talk to us. We'll get you a Bible. Start reading the Bible. The book of John is a great place to start reading and learning about Jesus. Amen? Start in the book of John. Number two, you've got to get involved in a good local church so that you can grow in your walk with God. And I have really good news for you. You're already in one today. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you, be at church every moment the doors are open. When I got saved, I couldn't get enough of church. I couldn't get enough of the Bible. I couldn't get enough of hearing sermons. I want to encourage you, be involved here. Get around these people here. They love Jesus. And that leads me to my third point. You've got to find people to be friends with who love Jesus more than you do. you got to get around people. When I got saved, my friends didn't want me anymore. I'd go to the parties and not party, and they were mad that I was at the parties, not partying. Because all they cared about was the party. They didn't actually care about me. My friends, you've got to get around people that love Jesus more than you do. And there's a whole lot of people here that love Jesus, a whole bunch. Amen. So I want to encourage you. 
be in church, build relationships with people. As one man, as iron sharpens iron, so one man and so one woman sharpens another. Amen. Amen. Now, listen, there's some counselors here. They've got some information for you. Guys, go ahead and pass those cards out if you haven't done so already. Listen, we want to follow up with you. We want to get some information from you so we can stay in touch with you. We don't want to spam you or anything. We just want to help you in your walk with God. I see a bunch of people over here that need some, some information. Just lift your hand if you don't have a card yet. Hey, hey counselors, we got, yeah, P Pastor Wonderson. We've got a bunch of people. Just get a card to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't this wonderful? Listen, I don't care if it's one person or a hundred thousand coming to Christ. It's all worth it, isn't it? It's all worth it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just going to give you guys time to fill that card out. And then I want to pray over everyone this morning. lift your hands to heaven all across the building. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray right now that you would pour your spirit out on each and every person here this morning. God, in the name of Jesus, use them for your kingdom and glory. Use them, oh God, for your kingdom. Lord, I pray you'd send them out and that they would be Holy Ghost evangelists that they would be like snipers, God, against the kingdom of darkness. And that everywhere they go, they'd be plucking off the devil, seeing people get saved, healed, delivered in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray you'd send them out with the power of the Holy Spirit and that they'd see souls saved everywhere they go. Lord, I pray you bless them and keep them. Make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them. In Jesus' name, and if you believe it, say amen. Amen. Pastor. I want to say something before we dismiss real quick. You know, Chris said something where the second thief said to Jesus, Lord, remember me. And Chris said, he's like saying, save me. And that's exactly what he was saying. If you go to Israel, there's a museum of all the Jews that were killed during the Holocaust. It's called Yad Vashem, and it means a name and a remembrance. And what that means is God knows who every one of us are. He knows who we are. He knows us by name. That's how important you are to him. No matter where you come from, no matter what you've done, if you're the only one that would ever receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, Jesus would have died for you. Amen. He knows your name. I want to say one more thing because I really believe that you all giving your life or rededicating your life to Jesus today is the beginning of something that's gonna, that is spreading across America. And God has, has, not by coincidence, decided to make you a part of that. Now listen to what I'm saying. When I got saved, I was a drug addict. 
When I got, gave my life to the Lord, I was a drug dealer. I had seven federal warrants out for my arrest. Jesus shed his blood seven different places. And I don't think that's a coincidence. But here's an amazing thing. I ran all the way from St. Louis to Arizona because the police were after me. I give my life to the Lord. And about a week later, I get a phone call from, from some friends from back in St. Louis. He said, hey, we heard you're in Flagstaff, Arizona. We came out here, we, we came to see you. And they came to bring me free drugs. Now, what are the odds that a drug addict is gonna bring you free drugs? Right? The reason I say that is to let you know, right now, Satan is not happy. Yeah. And he's not gonna go, oh, well, I lost you. He's gonna try to keep you out of church, as Chris said, to keep you away from other Christian people. And that's why we wanna get your name so we can pray for you and we can find out how you're doing and pray with you. But it's real important that you get back in church and be around other Christians. The Lord told, uh, the devil told me when I first got saved, you know what, you'll never fit in. But then I found out that Jesus said, these are the ones I came for. And not only do you fit in, you're the ones, we're the ones that Jesus came for. And so we, I, wanna, I wanna ask you, every one of you that are rededicating your life or giving your life to the Lord right now, meet me here next Sunday. Meet, decide right now, I'm gonna be here next Sunday no matter what happens. Now, I, I've said this before, but you may have never heard it. In ancient Hebrew language, there's no word for coincidence. Next Sunday, now you just gave your life or regave your life to the Lord. Next Sunday on God's calendar is what's called Purim. It's the book of Esther. The book of Esther is the only book of the Bible that doesn't mention the name of God. The reason being is when everything looked like it was going downhill, God was working behind the scene to turn your story upside down. So when you give your life to Jesus, not only does God get you to heaven, but listen to me, he's come to give you life and that life more abundantly. So next Sunday, you're gonna take, all of us are gonna take a giant step forward, no matter what we're facing. I, I tell people this all the time. When I gave my life to the Lord, there were seven federal warrants out for my arrest for selling drugs. But I ran from the, from the long arm of the law into the strong arms of the Lord, and he's never let me go and he will not let you go. So I wanna ask all of you, be with us next Sunday when you hear that God's not just gonna get you to heaven, but he's gonna reach into your life, your home, your family, your marriage, and he's gonna reach in by the miracle power of God and turn your life upside down because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I declare to you and all of us, our best is yet to come. If you agree, give the Lord a clap offering and give Chris a thanks offering.